0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. Today we're talking about Apple's Unleashed event coming up on Monday, October 18th. We're going to do a big preview of that. Initial reviews of the Apple Watch Series 7 are out, and we're going to talk about some iPhone cases and some other little tidbits here and there. This episode is brought to you by Superbeats, ExpressVPN, and Masterclass. You'll hear about those in a moment. And joining me after a brief hiatus, is my friend across the pond, William Nostradamus Gallagher? How you doing,
1: William? Okay, you threw me with that last <laughs> bit there. Um, I should explain the reason I've been away is i am in—I'm actually still there. I'm in a meeting with my accountant, my bank manager. Over, do I buy the Apple Watch Series Seven or do I hang on till Monday to find out how expensive the new MacBooks are? Right. And I, I do not know. <laughs> it's a big decision. Looking at me, that's
0: a big decision. It is. I said Nostradamus because you know. You usually works out where right before an Apple event you're on to uh, release your predictions of the Apple car. I thought this (laughs) would be an ideal time for that.
1: The Apple car on my... Look, nobody's actually said it's the MacBook Pro. It could be. It could be. Apple car. It'll be in blue. It'll be great. That unleashed warp
0: speed effect could be like the DeLorean going back in time. It
1: could. A la the Apple car. No, wait wait a minute. Have you been doing your studying every pixel of the AR oh, invitation right. again? I, yep, you have. Yes, I did. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I, did. I, I found an entire dissertation from Tim Cook in one of the lines of that invitation. Believe it, <laughs> like a Santa Claus. Like a red line around the card.
1: It's a palimpsest. It's not AR. This deep meaning written upon deep That's meaning. Right. Yes.
0: That's right. Yes. If you cross your eyes, a 3D image pops out. It's incredible. But Apple is having their second fall event. It is happening on Monday. Interesting that it's a Monday. Mm. We assume to avoid Google's Pixel event, which is actually happening Tuesday the 19th. Or maybe they just want to show them up and show off the Apple Silicon before Google shows off theirs. I'm not sure which. But the event is Monday, October 18th, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. I believe that's 6 p.m. in the UK, is that right?
1: Yes, and yes. actually, I didn't, re- of course, Google's the day after. I thought Apple chose Monday because I had uh, theatre tickets. I was going to see Tim Vine as Plastic Elvis in a concert. <laughs> First time out in the theatre in months, and now. I will not be there.
0: Oh, oh, for real? You had tickets for a Monday night show? I
1: really did, actually. I look, Monday, we're safe, we're fine. Plus, I, when I booked it, it was about two years ago now. It's just been constantly pushed back. I think it's been Saturdays, Sundays. It's now a Monday, and it's... Oh, my. Really
0: well, we're so sorry. I mean, yeah. it's a tough call. I mean, an Apple event is pretty exciting. I don't know how it compares with that show. No. but
1: i got to admit, I'm a bit... I'm perturbed by the show, so I'll find out what other people say and then follow it around the tour. I'll get it somewhere.
0: Oh, very good. Very good. Well, this is the event we've all been waiting for. We have been hearing rumors that a new 14-inch MacBook Pro redesigned and also a 16-inch MacBook Pro, and whatever high-end Macs using Apple Silicon, we've been waiting since WWDC and earlier. You know, it's been an entire year since Apple announced the M1 chip. And in that event, that was last November, November 2020, Apple announced the Mac Mini with M1, MacBook Air with M1, and MacBook Pro with M1. But those were all replacing those kind of low-end consumer-level Mac computers. And now we are expecting this unleashed event. And I think Apple chose that word well, really telling us as the press and then viewers and Apple enthusiasts, like this is the powerful Apple Silicon chips coming This Monday, again, in presumably the redesigned or refreshed 14 and 16 inch MacBook Pros, possibly we'll see a redesigned Mac Mini or at least a Mac Mini with the more powerful chip. And, you know, whether we'll see an iMac running this chip as well or iMac Pro, I'm less inclined to believe we'll see that. What, What do you think we're going to see, at least computer wise, at this event, William?
1: I do think we always tend to see less than we expect because everybody builds it up that everything is gonna be there. Uh, What could be less though? They've launched pretty much everything. I think just out of sheer number of things they haven't released yet, it has to be the MacBook Pros. But I I worry that we won't get a 14. I hope we do. If we do, in fact, I'm gonna buy one. I just, I worry. I don't know why. It feels, uh, we've been kind of expecting it for so long. Uh, What's been stopping it? Is it that Apple actually hasn't got a 13? A 14-inch, and it's just you know, going to keep with the 13 and the 16. Mm. I don't know. Everything says I'm wrong, and it's coming, but I know we tend to overplay. Uh, the world overplays what Apple's going to come out with, and that's the only thing I can think of they could do that would be slightly disappointing Right. at the moment.
0: So if I remember correctly, in 2012, that was when Apple launched the Retina MacBooks that had the slimmer design without a CD or DVD drive. And so 2012, you had the 13-inch models of of the Retina screens. 2012 to 2016, four years later, Apple redesigned them again. This was less of a redesign. This was more just taking away ports, putting in USB-C, and adding the touch bar. Mm. And then you have like a space gray option. (laughs) That was the (laughs) 2016 update. So that was four years between redesigns at that point. And now we're five years later. The M1 was a huge jump in performance. But the designs of those devices remained exactly the same, save for some different ports on the Mac Mini. But the base model, MacBook Air and MacBook Pro with M1 has the same ports that they've had since 2016, the Thunderbolt or USB-C ports. I think it is time, given that it's been five years since that 2016 redesign with the touch bar, that we will see a chassis adjustment. You know, I don't know how much different we can get in a design. I mean, if you have a M1 MacBook Pro or MacBook Air. It is a very, very thin piece of aluminum with a screen, keyboard, and a touch bar if you have the MacBook Pro. And I don't know how much different it could really get, although I would love to see it. I would love to see colors like Apple has been having in several of their product lines, including the M1 iMac, but I'm less inclined to believe that there will be colors. But one of the big rumors in this possible, quote, redesign or update is bringing back some of the legacy ports that were on older MacBooks back in the 2012 to 2015 era, such as an HDMI port and maybe even an SD card slot. And it could also bring the return of MagSafe for charging on the MacBook Pro. I'm somewhat of two minds on this. I do use SD cards a lot, and I feel like I would enjoy that. I don't have reason for an HDMI port Anymore in my current life and I feel like that's a big port to take up on the side of a computer now. And with MagSafe, if they do bring it back, I hope I can still charge it with USB-C because I have so much USB-C now with MacBook and iPad Pro and iPad Mini that I would not want to have to have a MagSafe charger just to charge the MacBook. I don't know, William, what are your thoughts on this legacy ports coming back?
1: you actually throw me there for a bit because I, I was thinking the MagSafe thing is the one thing we're pretty sure to get because the 24-inch iMac has a kind of MagSafe right. uh, thing. But that last point, I've got to think about that one. I was looking forward. Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to that bit, and now you're making me doubt. <laughs> I I was surprised when you said that HDMI was on it before, because for some reason I've just blanked on that. I suppose I never used it. Remember the SD cards, but I don't remember HDMI. So yeah. I can actually think of cases in the last couple of years where that would have been useful to me. So. Good, but in a weird way, it does feel very old technology. It does. somehow.
0: And now there's been some thought that maybe Apple will utilize the power brick on the MacBook Pros, whatever comes with it, like they have on the new 24-inch iMac, where on the iMac, the Ethernet jack for the computer is actually on the power brick. And I think we actually talked about this a number of months ago, but it's a possibility that Apple could put some of those connections on the charging block or the power brick for the computer. And if it's a MagSafe, you know, obviously they've done Magnet with the iMac, so they could do it with the MacBook Pro. But I don't know. I don't know if they would put more than just an Ethernet port on it. And the thing about a laptop is typically if you're working on a laptop, either sitting in your lap or sitting at a desk or at a table, if you have to connect something to it, you want it close by. Like you want the ports nearby so you can just plug it into the computer that's right in front of you instead of a desktop where usually you set it up and it just kind of sits there it makes sense that ports might be on the charging brick that literally never gets unplugged. But with a laptop, you're unplugging and moving and taking the power brick all kinds of places. So I feel like maybe we won't see that kind of ports like Ethernet on the power brick.
1: No, that makes sense to me. I was trying to work out, is there a conversion um Ethernet to USB-C that could be done that you have a choice yeah. of either using the power brick or an adapter uh, but we are at the here you have i i'm more of a software guy than a hardware guy there's a certain amount of hardware i know and we've stepped over the limits now <laughs> okay. uh, did i just make up ethernet to usb converters are there such no, things no no there are if they're not no no oh i was gonna say we should make one
0: well okay. and that's that's what you have to use on the current macbook pro models i have several USB C hubs from HyperShop, and I think I have one from Anchor that have ethernet jack as well as USB-A and SD card readers. And that's what you have to use now. And they used to have ethernet to even USB-A adapters. I think Apple even sold one for a while. So some of the other updates though, they're gonna be coming aside from ports, there's rumored that a mini LED display will come to the MacBook Pro. I will say having mini LED on the 12 point inch iPad, I really love how it looks. It's an incredible display. So i would be very curious to see how it looks on a MacBook Pro, 14 or 16 inch, smaller bezels around the display on the new MacBook Pros, that would be welcome. And an updated webcam to 1080p, which is just amazing that that would actually be an update. <laughs> the MacBook Pro on a 720p FaceTime camera. But the big story is going to be the actual Apple Silicon going into these computers. We've said for many months that it's going to be the M1X chip. Of course, that's Just a rumored name. We have no, we're not sure if Apple's actually going to use it. But what's important is that this is going to be their high end, powerful chips. And from what we've seen of the M1 Apple Silicon over the past year, I've been using the M1 MacBook Pro we video editing, doing multiple 4K streams of video editing. I've done some live streaming with it. I record all the time with it. It's incredibly powerful. And so I'm excited to see the kind of power Apple is going to bring with this new chip, whether it's M1X or whatever they call it. And I don't know. Do, do you feel like they're going to go with that M1X naming or something else?
1: I think there's somebody in Apple who sweats over a last minute name change. <laughs> like um, AirTags were called, I think that's the least one. They just called it AirTag, singular. Right. They didn't it when we thought tags? Uh, oh, back in the day, wasn't it going to be called iMusic, and they turned it to iTunes because everybody guessed or something like that. Oh, There's yeah. somebody in there with a pad and a pencil, right? Scratching,
0: scratching out names, because... writing new names,
1: and and etching them into every individual processor as they go into the new MacBooks. Yeah. Yes, clearly, <laughs> I thought that through. I can tell. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> now you, now you said if if they come out with a 14-inch of this higher-end MacBook Pro that you're going to buy it right away, yes. what is your motivation for wanting to jump on it?
1: I have, a, well, I mostly had a particular project uh, that required it, and I've kind of hung on and hung on. Uh, I thought I was going to have to cave and buy a 13-inch one to complete the work but it looks like i've got just it depends on monday when they say they're actually going to ship these and then it depends on whether they sell out in a picosecond like they did the watch Uh, but if i can get it within the next couple of weeks i can complete the work on this project and i have a great macbook straight after it so everybody wins and it doesn't cost me quite as much as not quite as much as i was expecting yeah. Uh, what about you, though? You're fully MacBooked up already, aren't you?
0: I am. I am sweating the decision to come because, yeah. honestly, I I don't have a desktop. I have my M1 MacBook Pro that honestly lives in this bridge vertical dock a lot of the time. I rarely bring it out. I use my 12-point-inch M1 iPad as kind of my laptop when I'm around the house or when I leave the house for anything. I don't bring my MacBook Pro anymore. So I am really keen, to use a a UK phrase, I'm very keen (laughs) to get a new high-end desktop that can live here. And when I need to edit video or do the audio podcast stuff that I have my powerful desktop and it's plugged in, I don't have to worry about, killing the battery because it's plugged into a dock 24/7. I can just have it here. But I really don't think we're going to see that high-end iMac just yet. It you know, we have until this coming WWDC in June 2022 and maybe even one more full year before we reach Apple's imposed limit, self-imposed limit of everything's going to be switched to Apple Silicon in the next 2 years, the statement they made at WWDC back in 20 20- Twenty. Yeah. That being said, I imagine the high-end iMac Pro, like last year, how the iMac M1 came out after the first event in November with the MacBook Pro, MacBook Air, Mac Mini. I think we're going to have to wait to see the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro with Apple Silicon. I think this is going to be the 14, 16-inch and possibly that Mac Mini with an updated chip. And so honestly, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that high-end Mac Mini. You know, I have an mm. LG Ultra Fine display, which I'm not crazy about, but it, it works well. And what I would do is, I, this is the question, I might either trade in my M1 MacBook Pro, which Apple is still giving like over $1,000 if you trade that back in. Right. I might put that and just get the Mac Mini and call it a day and live with my Mac Mini, my M1 iPad Pro and roll with that. Or I don't know if I should keep the M1 MacBook Pro for the very few times a year that I need a laptop somewhere And just have the desktop. I'm not sure, William. I I don't know what to do. But I want to get something.
1: I thought you said in there something about an iMac Pro. Is that what you think is going to come next? Not just bigger iMac. That they're actually going to resurrect the iMac Pro idea.
0: Well, I guess it depends what they call the MacBook Pros. You know, and it's this weird thing where there's always been this multi-tiered MacBook Pro. Where there's like the low-end MacBook Pro, which is not very powerful. I mean, you can update it, but it doesn't have like the most... Powerful options. And then you have like the 16 inch, which is really the more powerful computer, but they're both called MacBook Pro. And I think when it comes to the iMac, even before when it was 27 inch and 21 inch and everything was Intel, there were still options on that larger iMac, like graphic cards and such that you didn't get on the lower end. And I feel like it was confusing. Hmm. I I think they would go with a Pro. I think they would resurrect iMac Pro and call it that because it's going to have this incredible Apple Silicon chip in it. I think they will.
1: The best Mac I ever owned was a 27-inch uh, iMac from 2012. So pre-retina screen. Loved that machine. Drove it into the ground. And I know my <laughs> Mac Mini that replaced it was faster. And I know the Mac Mini M1 that I have now is infinitely better. But that was like the perfect Mac. Yeah. I thought.
0: I do love a good iMac, and that's that's the thing. Of you know, if if they don't have an iMac at next week's event, but they have a Mac Mini, then the decision is: Do I wait? For the iMac, so I get Apple's beautiful 27 inch, or they would probably call it 30 inch display, you know, because the smaller iMac went from 21 and a half to 24 inches with the less bezel. I imagine the new larger iMac will be like a 30 inch display. And man, that seems really tempting. There's also the rumor and possibility that Apple will finally release a less expensive first-party display. You know, right now, if you want a display from Apple that's not a computer, you have to buy the Pro Display XDR that's $6,000. And there's a, seems like a lot of people asking, at least in the Apple community, for an Apple display in that one to $2,000 range that is big, is excellent, maybe, and just has Apple's touch on it. And if they announce something like that at next week's event, which we have not heard any rumors or really any, uh, whispers about that happening at this unleashed event. But that would make a compelling case for a Mac Mini Pro and a display that can go along with it that's not $6,000.
1: I'm just trying to pass that sentence in which you used Apple and the words less expensive in the same breath it's just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, they kept the iPhone 13s the same expensiveness of the previous long, you know, so... That's true. But, you know, Apple the Apple displays were not six thousand dollars they were like three thousand before but if you wanted to get the apple thunderbolt display i think it was like three thousand something so i don't know i mean you used to also be able to use an imac as a display Mm. apple used to allow you to put it in like this like display target mode but they don't allow you to do that anymore so uh
1: which i'm glad about actually because i did it and it is very frustrating you had to use certain keystrokes and sometimes it would go yeah, I'm not doing that today. Oh. <laughs> and other times, you got them in the wrong sequence. It's, that's fine. And today it isn't. And uh, I used it that way for less than a week before I caved and bought the cheapest monitor. <laughs> uh, okay.
0: Now, but you—you you have a super ultra wide monitor right now. Are You still pretty happy with that?
1: Yeah, well, yes. I—I uh, love the width. I wish the height were better. I wish the resolution. Were better. I like the fact that I can close my exercise rings by just walking from one side to the other. <laughs> but um, the resolution is, vis- I mean, the resolution is actually a lot better than the cheap monitor I had before. So Chris, very clear compared to them. But I was in an Apple store and I saw the Apple display, and it was like, oh, oh yeah, you can't be six thousand pounds. You can't unsee that. You terrible. can't unsee it. No, you can't. You can't. And that's
0: why I, I went to an Apple store the other day to get my iPad mini of replace cuz I cracked the screen and all.
1: Yes, I'm I yes. heard about that. That's wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. But while you were there, positive thoughts. Positive, while I was yeah. there,
0: it was the first time I realized, the first time I ever saw the new iMac in person. And oh, right. initially, they only had a few colors in store, but they had every color on display at my Brandon, Florida Apple Store. They had the green, the blue, the yellow, everything. And it is a beautiful computer. It is. And uh, that's why I really hope they keep bringing colors to things. And I keep, you know, I hope that these pro machines, you know, everyone has asked for this. I've heard Jason Snell and Gruber, like all the people and uh, Marco Armin at the guys at ATP. Everyone's like, listen, just because they're pro devices doesn't mean they have to be boring. You know, we can do colors here. And, uh, and I really hope they do, because they look beautiful. Have you seen those new iMacs in person?
1: Yeah, same as you. I used one in an Apple store uh, right before I foolishly touched a magic keyboard for the iPad and had to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that it sound like I broke it. I mean, no. I just, once I tried it, I wrote a sentence and I thought, oh, no, I've got to have this. But just before then, they had shown me all the iMacs um, and I could have bought all of them. They were so nice. I thought particularly the blue, actually. It's quite an understated pastel blue. Yeah. It was great. And I like, what's wrong with colors? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah, yes. absolutely.
0: Well, again, the event is Monday, October 18th, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. in the UK. We're going to be doing a recap episode like I do at every Apple event. It'll come out as soon and as quickly as I can record as soon as the event is over. If there's anything to buy after I get my order in. <laughs> but that episode will be coming out Monday afternoon right here. In your podcast feed, so be on the lookout for that.
1: No, 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 just a minute. So uh, it's all self-self self self with you, isn't it? You'd put your order in before you talk to the rest of us. Before you tell us anything, you're gonna get in there and put your order. Oh wow. Oh yeah. That's that's how you get everything on time, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly Uh, right. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: This episode is brought to you by Super Beats Heart Chews. Listen, I'm a big coffee drinker. I drink a lot of coffee, I like the caffeine, but as I get older, maybe you also feel the same way that you need some more energy. Caffeine isn't always the best fix, probably not great to have that much of it. And so there's actually a new way you can start your day to help you focus, give you more energy, and even help your heart. And they're Super Beats Heart Chews. They're a tasty treat that gives you the energy you need and they're good for you. So no more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, or a candy for a quick pick me up. Add two delicious plant based Super Beats Heart Chews to your morning routine. And promote heart healthy energy for your day without a caffeine crash. I've actually been eating them for a few weeks now. I got two kinds here. I got the memory and focus that promotes brain blood flow, memory and focus and mental alertness. And I've also been doing the heart chews specifically for normal blood pressure, promotes heart healthy energy and blood flow. I think I'll actually have one right now. Come in these, like if you ever had a starburst, they're kind of like a starburst, but they're actually good for you. So you don't have to feel guilty about eating one. Here's a little ASMR for you actually fun to eat and they taste really good. And the grapeseed extract used in Super Beats Heart Chews has been clinically shown to be two times as effective as supporting normal blood pressure as a healthy lifestyle alone. So do more for your heart and treat yourself with Super Beats Heart Chews. Join over 1 million customers. You can get free shipping and returns and get this a 90 day money back guarantee. And right now you can get a free 30 day supply with your first purchase at dot com slash apple insider. That's beats like the vegetable. Superbeats B-E-E-T-S.com slash apple insider. Again, 90 day money back guarantee. Free 30-day supply with your first purchase. You can't go wrong. Try superbeats.com slash apple insider. Our thanks to Superbeats for sponsoring this episode and our friends at Masterclass. Guys, you know Masterclass. It's the place where you learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn scientific thinking from Neil deGrasse Tyson, the art of negotiation from Chris Voss, even music composition for film by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer has written so many of the great musical scores that you hear in some of the biggest movies today. I love that chorus. I'm a musician myself, and so I love seeing his home studio how he talks about melodies and how it relates to characters. But I also have to highly recommend, if you have not done it yet, you have got to take Chris Voss's course on Masterclass for the Art of Negotiation. I read his book. I've watched his TED Talk. I've listened to him on podcasts. But watching Chris Voss on the Masterclass course will give you the tools you need for great communication in the workplace. If you're negotiating deals or contracts or just trying to negotiate a raise at your job, it's the class you need. I love Masterclass because you can watch it on your iPhone, iPad, you can watch it on the web, even Apple TV. And if you're on your iPhone, you can flip it into audio only mode and listen to it just like a podcast. There's over 100 exclusive classes and many have high quality downloads. So if you do like a cooking class with Gordon Ramsay, you can get a downloadable PDF that's basically like a high end cookbook. And each lesson is just about 10 to 15 minutes. So you can do one on your lunch break or binge an entire class at night. I highly recommend you check it out. And you can get unlimited access to every masterclass. And as an Apple Insider listener, you get fifteen percent off an annual membership. So go to masterclass.com/appleinsider. That's masterclass.com/appleinsider for fifteen percent off masterclass. Our thanks to Masterclass for sponsoring this episode. Which brings us to the Apple Watch Series Seven. Now we haven't recorded since the pre-orders happened, but. Last Friday, pre-orders went up for the Apple Watch Series Seven, and those shipping dates slipped very quickly, like an icy slope. Yeah, I don't know of a, a good analogy, but it slipped very quickly. <laughs> slipped very quickly, and I was able to get my order in. I think it it happened quickly, and I think it was like 8:02 a.m. And I should be receiving my Apple Watch Series 7. As you listen to this episode on Friday, October 15th, it should be arriving today. And I'll actually be doing the review for Apple Insider. I'm going to do a video review and written review. So I'm excited to do that. I'm going to be comparing it to the Series 6 I have. And I have some other older Apple Watches. I think it'd be fun to see the display comparisons as we've been seeing around. But I know you, you're you on like a series four or five, yeah, right? Are four. you thinking about
1: upgrading? Uh, right now, today, I'm not sure. Um, I didn't put a pre-order in. I am going to buy one as a birthday present uh, for my wife, um, but she wants to see them in the flesh and choose between the two sizes. So actually, when we can, we're going to book a, a, what do they call it? A shopping genius expert guide person yep
0: that's how it's listed exactly in the app actually as a shopping guide genius expert yes mm-hmm. yep
1: <laughs> uh and have a look at that and i know i'll buy hers i i am very tempted because i really want the always on yes uh, thing i think that i miss out on but you know i honestly not very certain yet uh i'll be persuaded when i see one but right now i'm thinking i might skip the seven. Except there, um, you know there's the stories now that all those ugly flat edge renders, people who were saying we're gonna be the system series seven. Right. And now they're saying, Well, we never said that. We meant eight, we meant series eight. Well, I'm <laughs> thinking that's a strong reason to buy a series seven. You know, if it turns out uh, that they're right. Yeah. You know, so
0: we'll Yeah, see. I agree. There's been a lot of talk like that. Like the, the flat edge design for a watch might not be I don't know, might not be great. Maybe we can just come up with a with a great rumor right here. What if those CAD designs for the Apple Watch with the flat edges were actually for the Apple car and the coming Apple car will have flat edges.
1: Hmm? I think that's uh, very unaerodynamic, But (laughs) that's that's Apple, isn't it? You know, drive different. That's what they're doing. Mm, Yes. Drive different. I
0: mean, that Cybertruck is pretty angular. That's all I'm going to say there. That is true. (laughs) But the Apple Watch Series 7, their initial and early reviews out, MKBHD, Rene Ritchie, iJustine, The Verge and others have the Apple Watch Series 7 in hand. So I watched all their reviews and it's as you would expect, you know, coming from a Series 6, it's not hugely different. The processor inside is mostly the same. The body style is mostly the same, save for the noticeable difference, which is the display. The display display is about 20% larger. The bezels are much decreased. And if you see a side-by-side comparison, you know, it is definitely noticeable side-by-side you do notice the larger screen. You get two new watch faces because you have more screen real estate and that full size keyboard, which I saw in some of the review videos. It's actually a swipe keyboard too, which I think would be even more useful on that size display. It does look like the watch is getting bigger and bigger. I mean, Apple did change the size from 44 millimeter case size on the series six to a 45 millimeter on the series seven. So it's just one more millimeter larger, but it is getting larger. And so I think those who maybe only considered the larger watch sizes in the past, maybe see them in person like William is saying, and maybe that smaller size is actually something you would prefer. But overall, I also saw the only tech specs that were really different is there might be an improved heart sensor inside the watch in the seven over the six, some kind of third generation heart sensor as opposed to what was in the six. So you might get slightly better heart rate measurement, and of course the display is the big news and dust resistance on the new Apple Watch if you go to the beach a lot or you need some dust resistance. So we'll put our review roundup in the show notes, but again, I'll be doing the full review and pretty excited to talk about that and see what it's like. But I don't know, William, coming from a four, I feel like four and earlier, this is a really good update cycle because you know we know the performance, it's really good. The display is, has changed for the first time since the Series 4. You know, Series 4, 5, and 6 had the same size display. So now this is like the new one now in the 7. First time it's bigger like that. I don't know. I think maybe you should jump
1: on it. You've talked me into it. Thank you. I needed someone. To, I wanted someone to talk me into it. Yes. That all makes sense. And I genuinely do actually feel more tempted when you say it like that but we'll have to see i mean I, there's this rumor isn't it that the uh macbook pro one of the million rumors going around is that the macbook pro 14 inch one will be uh, more expensive than the 13 was so it will be closer to the 16 so do, genuinely do i want to save my money and put it onto right. that instead and since we won't know that for a while i'm a little torn but i'm looking forward to seeing what they're like in the flesh yes
0: yeah absolutely and definitely wait for the, the monday event because who knows? I mean, there are also rumors that AirPods might come out at that event, too. That feels like it would be a weird addition to an unleashed event to say, oh, yeah, AirPods 3, the low end.
1: Yeah, it's a shrug, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and we've got these. Wow, and we've got some stickers as well. Uh, really exciting <laughs> stuff. Yeah.
0: I, I feel like there's a good chance that those AirPods are going to come out in a press release and maybe not at an event. Because, I mean, I, I just don't... You know, the last several AirPods, including AirPods Max the highest-end AirPods, and the AirPods Pro, I believe, were actually both press releases. Oh, right. You know, last time AirPods were actually in an event were like, the original AirPods, maybe? Maybe the AirPods Generation 2, where you could do the, hey, dingus. You know, you can actually talk to them, and and they would answer you. So Uh, so we'll see. But Apple Watch Series 7, be on the lookout. Uh, My review will be going up early next week. Of course, I'll be tweeting a lot about it as well, because... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I don't know. Uh, I know William would just have me send him my Apple Watch Series 6. I'm not sure, I'm not sure what to do with it. So.
1: I was building up to that, building up. Yeah. yeah I, actually, seriously, you wouldn't trade it in.
0: Well, here's the thing. I got the titanium Series 6 because I never had titanium before, and I really wanted to try it. And the last watch I had was a Series 3. So I splurged and got the titanium. I really like it. I like the look. I like the durability. So I went with another titanium Series 7 just to keep the train going. But the trade-in value, I looked on Apple's website and it's like $270. And a titanium Apple watch costs a lot more than $270. Yeah. And so I thought about, you know, maybe a third market selling it on somewhere. But I also have several family members that could use an update. You know, my watch, my wife is using a Series 4 and she would really benefit from a Series 6 update, the always-on, faster processor, a little bit of battery life. But she uses the smaller size Apple Watch. And the big Series 6 44 millimeter is significantly bigger than the one she wears now. And she also plays flute in an orchestra and she wears her watch all the time. And so to have a huge chunky watch I don't know if that's the most uh, desirable, so I'm not sure.
1: I can tell you, my wife, Angela, ha- has a series one. Uh, so she's clearly going to benefit from a seven. I can't wait for that. Oh, happen. my goodness. Yeah. But the reason she had a series one is we both had series zero, in quote marks. Uh, mine went horribly wrong. Uh, fell apart after a while and I got it replaced it was replaced with the series one And then when I bought my four I gave the one to her and she was slightly hesitant for the same reason because she had originally had the Smaller series zero, but then she tried she just physically put on the series one Larger one. Yeah, and so she couldn't really feel the difference So she's never looked back for it and we passed that off the her old one off to somebody else okay, As well without telling them quite how old it was <laughs> at the time feeling guilty now. Yeah, they seem happy you know. Well, I mean, listen, a free watch,
0: you know, yes. don't look a gift horse in the mouth. What, what's the British phrase for that?
1: That is the British phrase. What are you doing oh, borrowing okay. our British phrases?
0: Okay, just kidding. <laughs> so anyway, keep your eyes out for our review. Uh, well, that'll be going up early next week. Now, I wanted to mention this because I recently used Apple Care Plus with my iPad mini
1: needed to replace it. I'm so sorry about that. I just, oh, I winced I just, ah, here, yeah. But it worked out. It worked out. Focus on the positive, yes. It worked
0: worked out. I mean, there was that moment, you know, I I don't know if you're like me, but I replay moments in my head over and over again. And I remember that moment when the gentleman, the pilot, he had all these iPads and I was like, I knew it was there and Mm. I knew he didn't see it. And I, I should have just grabbed it <laughs> i yes. should have not let it tumble down from the cockpit of an airplane and hit every surface on the way down but yeah you can't can't keep thinking about it can't dwell on it it happened and speaks to the again durability of that device because i mean that thing hit several hard surfaces coming down and landed on concrete like it was a hard fall so great build quality i mean it still worked like it was fine i could have kept jamming with it but just aesthetically, it was not very nice. And cracks in the screen. You know, I was worried about crack, creep. You know, is it, is it going to grow? Is there going to be, you know, some kind of problem there? But anyway, thankfully I had Apple Care, And now the Apple Support app, which if you don't have the Apple Support app listener, I, let me encourage you. You have the Apple Store app and there's a separate Apple Support app. And anytime you need help either with software or with hardware, or if you want to, you know, start one of those message conversations with Apple Support, The Apple Support app is great for that. And also scheduling Genius Bar appointments is you do it all right there. In the Apple Support app, it's what I use like when I had to make my appointment for the iPad mini replacement. And now it's been updated to version 4.4 and users can actually request AppleCare plus Express replacement service directly within the app. So if you do break your phone or drop it and crack the screen or your iPad or iPad mini or whatever, like I did, you can actually go right into the app now and say, hey, I have physical accidental damage. I'm requesting that replacement and you can just do it right there. You don't have to go to a store and you don't even have to do a conversation. You can start the process right there in the app. And so that's a welcome feature. And uh, kudos. And again, just another reason. I think William and I are both proponents of AppleCare Plus, right?
1: I don't use it as much as you by any means. But um, well, <laughs> I, I didn't
0: use it a lot until this past week.
1: But anyway. Yeah. And that did give me pause. Should I or shouldn't I? Because uh, I, I, was, I uh, chaired an event at a literature festival. And I did manage to drop my iPad onto the concrete outside <gasps> in the magic keyboard case. So as I reached down to pick it up, I was thinking, AppleCare, AppleCare. Why didn't I have AppleCare? But it turned out to be okay. But for those few brief moments, oh. I thought I actually thought of your name, and I thought he's right.
0: <laughs> you saw my, but, you saw my face in yeah. your head. Yes, <gasps> that's exactly. So, it. Wait, you dropped it on concrete, and yeah. was Was there any noticeable damage on the case, the Nothing. keyboard, or the iPad?
1: Not even a scuff. Uh, so from about waist height down, uh, I think it actually bounced off my knee, which might have. Helped or (laughs) hidden, but I'm not sure. Uh, You need it on the way down. Well, you know, thoroughness. Exactly. Sure. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> okay and that's
0: the 12.9 inch right like that's a heavy thing
1: no it's uh the 11 uh i couldn't stretch to the 12.9 and for a long time i regret it i used to have a 12.9 that's the one you're thinking of okay. um and i uh, for a long time since buying the 11 i wished i had the 12.9 because the difference is huge i feel like it but actually i've come to really really like the 11 inch and uh, on stage they're able to just hold that without the keyboard case work from it yes uh yeah, beautiful thing And fortunately, still beautiful, even after. (laughs)
0: Ooh, man. But no, I I agree. I think I said this in my video review of the iPad mini. If you're going to have one iPad, I recommend that 11-inch size, whether it's the 11-inch iPad Pro or the iPad Air. But that form factor, one size to rule them all, I do think it's the really perfect balance between portability, if you want to take it out of a case or the Magic Keyboard stand and holding it, It's light enough to hold it in that size, but the screen is still big enough to do side-by-side apps and use it with the Magic Keyboard where it feels like a laptop. And I really do love that size. I love the iPad mini and I I really like my 12.9 inch, but I spent three years with the 11 inch iPad Pro and I, I really do love that. So real quick, I did want to mention the state IDs that Apple announced would support would be coming to the Apple Wallet app this year. My state of Florida actually announced that they're going to be bringing this state ID support like next month in November, 2021, there's going to be a standalone app at first for Floridians to put their state ID in the app. And then they will bring Apple wallet support shortly after that. And Florida will join other States like Arizona, Georgia, Connecticut, Iowa, Kentucky, Maryland, Oklahoma, and Utah supporting the state ID for Apple wallet soon. So I was very surprised, you know, for all the things that the state of Florida does, Strangely, uh, this is uh, great that <laughs> I'm so glad that uh, the state ID thing is going to be coming and I'll be trying it out for sure. Is there any news about support in the UK anywhere for this?
1: No, in the UK, we're, the government is focused on making British television more British because that's the really question <laughs> concern at the moment. <laughs> Genuinely, they're considering passing legislation that would mean, what, do you have to have a teapot in every scene or something? I, I It's just... No. Please get me away from the subject. Is that legitimate?
0: Are you for real right now, William? The
1: teapot's an exaggeration, but seriously, the government is... They're trying to do the kind of sound and fury thing, uh, bread and circuses, distract people from everything else, and British television is under fire for all sorts of reasons, so they're leaping on that one there there's a guy i've forgotten his name there because they're all indistinguishable he was about to announce all of this at a royal television society event and the government actually fired him an hour beforehand his uh, his identikit replacement stood up and read his speech and i don't think she had done any more preparation than he had in it and it's oh just all going goodness. on there rescue me take me away from this topic all this william. country i'm okay <laughs> okay right
0: well uh, i don't know where you should go william i don't know i mean You'll at least get state IDs and Apple Card if you move to Florida. <laughs> you could join me on
1: the beach. That's, that's that's a good point.
0: You know? That's a good point. Just saying. Yeah. Apple Card and state IDs. Two things.
1: I don't honestly know that I could have a conversation with you without the internet in between us, though. It would just feel too weird. Wouldn't it? I mean, never to actually see you.
0: We can uh, FaceTime just sitting next to each other on the beach. I'd be fine with that.
1: I was just involved in a meeting where there were three speakers and they were all in the same office, but in ever slightly different corners <laughs> so that so that the sound wasn't bleeding over between them. And that was wow. fun. Yeah. Man, you, you guys do it
0: right over there. That's, that's something. <laughs>
1: exactly. <We're thorough. laughs> <clears throat>
0: that's hilarious. This episode is brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. Going online without ExpressVPN is like using your smartphone without a protective case. We're actually talking about cases on this episode of the Apple Insider Podcast, so it's very apropos. Most of the time, you might be fine without that case, but all it takes is one accidental drop onto solid concrete to make you wish you had protected yourself. Listeners, every time I'm on an unencrypted network, especially those public Wi-Fis like in a coffee shop, a hotel, or airport, the online data that you're going back and forth is not secured. Hackers and other people can gain network access and steal your personal data, like passwords and financial details. And it doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling that personal data on the dark web. And I use ExpressVPN, I still use it on all my devices, especially when I'm traveling and on those public Wi-Fis because it creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. Hackers can not steal your sensitive data. It's very secure. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And it's easy to use. You just fire up the app, click one button, and you're protected. And it works on all your devices, like I said, iPhone, iPad, Mac, even some wireless routers. I trust ExpressVPN because it's easy to use. They have their trusted server technology, and they're audited by independent third parties to make sure that everything they do is secure and private. So secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Apple Insider. That's expressvpn.com slash Apple Insider, and you can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. Well, now, William, you did get an iPhone 13, didn't
1: you? I got an iPhone 13 Pro. Yes. iPhone
0: 13 Pro, what color?
1: Uh, the color? It's the blue one, Sierra Blue. Sierra
0: Blue. blue. Uh, yes. And I, you've actually not been on the show since they've come out. And so, William, give me your thoughts on the iPhone 13 Pro.
1: For several days, uh, I would accidentally pick up the iPhone 12 Pro off my desk and think, why can't I make calls on this? Because i would <laughs> moved the SIM cards, that they were that right. similar. Uh, when you pick up the 13 Pro, you know you've got it right, because it's slightly heavier and yeah. you can <laughs> feel the camera bump things. But so often... got it wrong i actually i gave the iphone 12 pro to Angela. uh so for a brief moment i had my 12 pro the new 13 pro i had the 11 pro before i sent it in to trade in to pay for the 13 pro and i had an iphone 6 that i have knocking around for other things i had this little row of four iphones and now i'm down to one and it feels a bit sad really Mm. but it's the best one oh yeah give it that absolutely and the the photography is great and i was actually in london um early in the week uh doing a visiting author thing at a school and london's one of the cities that has that ar apple maps ar thing so you, you hold up the phone and it does it superimposes directions of where you have to go. It is stunningly good. And I was right on the outskirts of London, nowhere near anywhere famous, but it still had all of the buildings mapped enough for it to identify that and start inserting these little arrows.
0: Oh, that's very nice. Now, did you have you noticed promotion at all?
1: I have to say, I'm embarrassed to say no. I actually put the 12 and the 13 together and together. I couldn't see the difference. I don't know why I'm missing it when other people are so happy with it, but... You know, in fact, when I go back to the 12, I'm expecting, you know, if I fix something on Andrew's thing, I'm expecting to see a difference. And I'm not. It's a beautiful screen on the 12, gorgeous screen on the 13. Am I just getting old or something? Is my eyesight slowly fading?
0: Well, it, it depends what apps you live in a lot, because I think some apps still need to update to support it. I think it's most noticeable in some of the home screen animations, like swiping up to go home or swiping up from the lock screen. But... I notice it the, the most yeah. when I go to my iPad mini, because I have ProMotion now on the iPhone 13 Pro, on my big 12.9 inch M1 iPad Pro, and the only device I have that doesn't have it is the iPad mini. And so I do notice it, like you're saying, when I go back to a display that doesn't have it. But nice to know it's there, for sure.
1: Now you say it, though, that thing, swiping down from control center, swiping around, it does feel faster. I hadn't associated that with it just looking faster. But yeah, yeah. that's good. I love this 13 Pro, I'm very glad Right. I went for it in the end.
0: So my next question, with that brand new, undropped iPhone 13 Pro, do you put that thing in a case, William?
1: I do not. You go caseless. I go caseless.
0: After you just dropped your iPad Pro on the concrete and it was saved by the magic keyboard case, you go a la no case. Yes,
1: sorry. (sighs) That's deep. I can tell you that Angela didn't want the iPhone 12 Pro until she'd got a case. (laughs) for it so that was that was sensible i mean i like that i had both phones while i was i was using them to film each other it was very uh silly but uh it was fun a little bit now, oh, stop looking at me like that
0: okay. now wait a minute have you always been caseless no case
1: yes oh. i think i was given a case once that was nice of them. But it, I, oh, no, I was given a case once, but it didn't fit the iPhone I had. So I didn't even try that one. I just thanked them very nicely, and I've still got it somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Sitting on the in shop. a drawer. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've had an iPhone since they came out. Uh, I've had one horrific incident in all that time. And that's one too many, but it's still only one. I've been kind of okay <sighs> since. Okay, well. Starting to sweat now.
0: Well, no, okay. no, no. I was. I mean, I listen, I agree. Using the iPhone without a case is the most enjoyable way to use the iPhone, in my opinion. You know, that's unencumbered, swiping up from the bottom. You don't have to worry about some case lip on the bottom. Like, I'm totally with you on that. But I rock a case. And, you know, choosing a case, it's, it's hard to find one that feels nice and lets you access all the buttons well. You know, because that's the other thing. Of all the cases, even Apple's first party cases, that mute switch... Mm. always takes a second because you have to get your fingernail in there because you can't just flip it down yes. easily. And that's the, the one thing without a case, it is super easy. And it's, it's the most convenient without a case, changing that mute switch.
1: But actually, seriously, how do you find the right case? Because it's, so much of it is feel and so many of these cases are only available online. Do you find you have to go through a lot of cases before you I... find a good one?
0: So I've been using Apple's own leather cases since like the iPhone 5. And I always like their leather cases. They always protect it. I have dropped it a couple times in leather cases over the years, and it has protected it. No cracked screen and the edges are protected. So I typically just default to Apple's leather case. You know, I do that pretty much every year. I will get an Apple silicone case because I live in Florida and I do go to the beach sometime, which one day maybe you'll join me. And at the beach, Leather uh, does not do well with sand and water and all that kind of stuff. So I will use a silicone case for sometimes just traveling. I feel like the silicone cases offer a little more protection. So if I'm traveling or if I'm going to the beach or something like that, I'll use a silicone case and I use apples. I find 90% of the time I don't like third-party cases. I don't like their feel or the buttons are hard to push or it's too bulky. And, you know, some people, because of their work or they just prefer it, you know, they like the Extra protective. I can throw this across a room or down a sidewalk and it's protected. You know, you can do the OtterBox or LifeProof, but I'm not about that. But I heard several people talk about this Nudient case. Yes, N-U-D-I-E-N-T, Nudient, which is somewhat of a play on the word nude, I imagine. Everyone was saying it's like the best of both worlds. It's not as sticky as silicone, so it goes in and out of a pocket easily, but it feels nice and it's low profile. So I wanted to try it. And I did a little Twitter thread review. I'll put a link to that in show notes. But of all third-party cases, I do really, really like this Nudiant case. It does feel nice. It actually has cutouts for the buttons. So, you know, you can press them, but I'm not crazy about the cutouts. I think I actually prefer Apple's method of putting a button on a button. Like on the Apple Leather case, there's like a metal button over the sleep button that makes it, you know, extrude a little bit so it's easier to press. Same with the volume buttons, but the Nudian is nice. It's a very, very low profile on the front, so you don't even feel the case as you swipe up to go home, which is nice. Even Apple's leather case, you kind of feel that edge as you swipe up a little bit. Of all third-party cases that are low profile, but also feel like they would protect, because there's also some like, I think it's Peel, P-E-E-L. Peel makes cases that are like super, super thin around the iPhone, but I got one with the 12 and it's so thin. It feels like if you drop it, you might as well not have a case. Like it's just, I don't know what kind of protection it would bring. But you got the peel case. But anyway, I feel like this Nudiant would offer some protection and it's pretty nice. Three things that are weird about it. There's like cutouts on the bottom edges to help it fit, I presume, around the phone. Not crazy about those cutout lines on the bottom edges. It does say Nudiant on the back of the case and branding wise, it just, I don't know, you know, it'd be nicer without it. And I did find for MagSafe that it did not stick to MagSafe accessories as strong as Apple's cases. You know, if you look in the Apple silicone or the Apple leather case, you see the MagSafe ring in there and you could like throw the case just on its own on a MagSafe charger and it would stick just fine. I had the Nudian case on my iPhone 13 Pro. I have my Belkin 3-in-1 MagSafe charging tree next to my bed. And when I went to take the Nudian with the phone with the Nudian case off the Belkin charger, I kind of just touched it a little bit and it like immediately slid off and I almost had to like catch it. And so I was like, nope, not doing that. So as far as MagSafe, it feels like for as much as I use MagSafe stuff in the car and for charging, I do think Apple's MagSafe strength uh, is stronger for that. And so all in all, I will probably stick with Apple's leather case first, silicone for some cases, but if you are, want to try a third-party case, maybe you don't like Apple's cases for whatever reason, you don't like the lip around the front of the phone or whatever, the Nudian is a nice case. It's one of the nicest that I have found from third parties. And so that is my methodology, William.
1: That's very thoroughly worked out. I like that. You almost sold me. I was going to the Nudian website as you typed, and then you said that bit about MagSafe. And I, I have concerns. Uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of the one I got in the end there, but I did buy a uh, car mount that's mag safe. and it's very very good but uh, I am ever so gingerly putting the phone on it hoping it will stay there and not smash down and <laughs> right. it has kind of slowly tilted sometimes which worries me right a little bit but yeah, and also it vibrates when I'm at traffic lights enough that I actually rev the engine slightly more to smooth out. That. that could be the sign of my car needing trouble more than the phone. But, Time you know. for the Apple car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there the you car. go. Coming Monday. Yes. That's right. Okay. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah, and again, like I do really like the Nudiant. for the feel of it and the fit, mostly, you know, it is very nice. One thing is that that camera bump on the 13 Pro was so large. Yes. You know, especially if you didn't come from the 12 Pro Max. You know, I came from just a regular 12 Pro and the camera bump at 13 Pro is so big. I mean, worth it. Not complaining at all. I mean, it is worth it. I do find that I feel the camera bump more often just holding my phone because like my my pointer finger will kind of like go up the back of the phone and I'm like, what is it? Oh, camera bump, right. Yeah. You know, it's like this plateau or mesa of cameras on the, on the back of this phone. But are you ever worried going caseless about putting it like back down and it leaning on its own camera bump?
1: Uh, haven't been, I'm now starting to be, uh, <laughs> just this moment, yeah. I was thinking, I, I don't like putting phones down face forward like I see so many people doing. That scares me, like that's surely gonna damage them. Uh, hadn't honestly thought about how delicate the cameras could be, so. Well,
0: <laughs> so I've given you more reasons to worry, you're welcome. Yeah, um, Well, Thanks. the cameras on the back are actually sapphire over the lenses. And so when it comes to durability, I've found like there's probably not any reason to worry about them getting scratched. Sapphire is very durable. That's why I get the stainless steel or titanium Apple Watch models because they have sapphire screens, which I have found even as I've like hit it on things and scratched it against things, the sapphire does not scratch. Like it is very, very durable. So it you really shouldn't worry about the camera lenses on the back of the phone. I just, I, I, I'm like you, I don't like placing it face down on a surface. Although when it's in a case, like Apple's cases have enough of a lip where if I place it face down, I know the screen is actually not touching the surface of the table or wherever I've placed it. So that's one of the reasons why I do like using cases, placing it face down for whatever reason. But the uh, the camera bump, I don't know, I feel like it's crossed a Rubicon now where it's so large that maybe I'm not worried about putting it down on its camera bump. I feel like it's just so massive that it's uh, strong enough to withhold. Whatever I put it down on.
1: Well, this is a roller coaster episode for me. I can't decide now. What I'm- okay, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> I do want to mention there was a, a listener on Twitter, Jack on a Mac. He sent me that he uses an Elago case, E L A G O. I had not heard of them before, but if you're looking for third-party cases, you could try out Elago as well. Uh, before I get to the last question I have for William, I do want to mention another listener actually emailed me, William K. He actually had a, a nice little Adobe XD like prototype design of how Apple could change the active tab design in macOS Safari to make it more obvious. I liked it. I mean, he basically just put an outline around the active tabs to make it obvious which tab is active. And it looked cool. And I would be welcome for any change that Apple makes to showing what tab is active. And it looks like Apple has been experimenting in the new betas of macOS Safari. Jason Snell tweeted that the favorites bar will actually move above the tabs uh, in the next version of the macOS Safari. So I prefer that for sure. I'm looking forward to that. But anyway, it was cool. Just want to give him a shout out, William K. Thanks for sending that over. Now, my last question for you, William, okay. is power power banks. Power banks.
1: Oh, okay. Not where I thought you were going there at all. I was ready to answer (laughs) about Ted Lasso, but no, never mind. I heard you last week talking about me and Ted Lasso. (laughs) Uh,
0: Listen, I mentioned it on every podcast I'm on. I was on that Space Javelin (laughs) podcast with Charles Martin. I mentioned it there too, that William doesn't watch Ted Lasso. I mentioned it every week on the Apple Insider. I mentioned it to random people on the street. I said, did you know William Gallagher, who lives in the UK, that you don't even know probably uh, has not watched Ted Lasso yet? And they're shocked and appalled. They said, what?
1: How? A photographer came up to me at the Literature Festival and said, why don't you watch Ted Lasso? Um, so, you know, Are you serious? That happened? Yeah, I do actually know him, so I think he'd gathered from another way. But it, I, I imagined <laughs> this international intrigue That's right. that you'd created.
0: Well, I, uh, before I get to my final question, then, is I'll ask that again. Have you seen Ted Lasso yet?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: No, you haven't. No,
1: you haven't. So so it's really good, isn't it? Oh, yeah. my um, goodness. Everybody's right. Um, I, I'm well up to date on Only Murders in the Building though so I'm actually up to date with Foundation which I didn't expect to be
0: yeah I love Foundation I've been I've been loving that show William if I send you let me, let me see yes. let me see how long this wait a minute
1: is. you've said this before that you're going to send me something and I was sure it was going to be a photograph of Ted Lasso or something what are you trying to dangle now you, I, I know it's not the watch series 6 because you've said that and then taken it away again I know it's not your blue MacBook Pro's and things. what's left in your house to send me
0: well this is not a physical thing to send you i apologize i'm going to send you a link <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't go to any trouble there you don't you don't wrap it or anything you i'm going fine. to no, Just... no,
0: no no i'm going to send you a link i still plan on sending you something else it's a, bit of a surprise i can't tell you mm. i'm going to send you this link right now in slack this is a four minute clip from a ted lasso scene And because I I fully believe now that you will never see Ted Lasso, as as sad as it makes me, will will you watch this one four-minute scene?
1: Hang on. I'm just clicking on the link to make a caption. Okay, that is Ted Lasso. Yeah. I actually (laughs) think I've seen that. What's it? The the Dark Game. I saw that on some awards uh, clip show, and I thought, actually, that looked quite good. And then I went off and watched the special episode and thought,
0: yeah, no. Wait, so you've you've seen this whole scene already?
1: I don't know. I recognize the name Ted Lasso Dark Game. Uh, for it. So I've caught little bits of it. And yes, I did think it was very good. Okay. Uh, okay. It held me for at least a minute. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm not sure I could make that sound if I tried, but (laughs) okay. It's called a raspberry. You're going to ask me something much safer, I think is the term.
0: I was, I was, what I was going to ask you was power banks and batteries. I have, I have a long history with power banks and batteries. I like having some around I've had Anchor ones in the past. I've had Mophie and random ones and I'm going on a trip very soon and I wanted to get a modern power bank that is USB-C for powering it, like charging the battery itself and also USB-C out to get it. I wanted to get a large uh, enough battery that had milliwatt hours. It's going to be a road trip and so I wanted to make sure I had a battery to charge a Nintendo Switch or an iPad or whatever we need to charge. And so I was curious, do you have any favorites or experience with some the portable battery chargers.
1: How long before you go away? How long have I got?
0: Uh, a few days. A few, like yeah. like uh, six or seven days.
1: Uh, uh, I'm behind on reviews. I have two different sets of batteries to review, and one of them uh, is actually called an Omni Charge, which has what you just said about USB-C charging and can charge multiple devices at the same time. Uh, you'd kind of want it to last longer than it does, but you can plug in multiple devices and have them all. Do their doings. Yes. I used to be a big anchor user, but for some reason, I think because I'd lost a lot of events over COVID, I stopped travelling quite so much. I haven't needed batteries since, and uh, I have to say, battery on the iPhone 13 Pro is tremendous. Let's just put that out there. Yes. So yeah, I just looking at these, only the one I'm reviewing that I won't have the review ready for you to read in time has USB-C on it. All my anchor ones, actually two in front of me now, um, are USB-A and micro USB charging. So. I like them, mm-hmm. but they're not what you need. Anchor's great. I like Anchor as a company. Go with Anchor.
0: Okay, and I think uh, listener Nicholas Braddock on Twitter, he tweeted at me, he was recommending the Anchor portable charger power core essential. The naming on all these battery packs are, are really something else. I mean, just, can we, let's simplify, please. Yeah. But this one is a 20,000 milliamp hour. It can do power delivery at 18 watts, USB-C, and actually comes with a little charging brick as well. So that looks pretty cool. I also Mophie has some nice like fabric ones now and they do have the USB C as well. You can also get some that do like Qi charging right on the battery pack itself, which
1: Oh yes. Uh the Somnicharge does that. But you have to position the thing really carefully yeah. or it just doesn't do it. So yeah, but very handy. It's yet another device that can be charged at the same time. Another one. It
0: is handy, but it's also using Qi charging because of the heat, it does use up more energy. And if you're using a portable battery pack, you want as much energy going into your devices as possible. So I probably would not be inclined to that. But I did see Anchor also has solar panels and even a battery pack that has solar panels built onto it that you can literally charge this battery pack with the sun. Just by itself. Right. You need nothing else. You could just charge it with the sun. Do you have any experience with those?
1: Yeah, I'm in Britain. What do you think of it? You're in Florida. <laughs> I mean, come on. I know, I know, do, but... Do yeah. they even sell them in the UK? Is there a point? <laughs> I love the sound of it, but... you
0: know. It looks super cool. I'll put a link to those in show notes as well, but it, it's a really cool idea. I mean, if you were like super survivalist in the middle of the woods, you know, it would take... Anchor says like it would take several days for it to fully charge in direct sunlight, but... If you're in the middle of nowhere and you absolutely need power, hey, you can do it with the sun. That's pretty cool. Stay tuned. As in future Apple Insider episodes, uh, William will continue to not watch uh, Ted Lasso, but he will have information on uh, portable power banks for sure. Give me
1: credit. I'm putting some effort here into consistently not watching every week. You know, (laughs) I am thorough.
0: Is it effort to avoid something? I guess it might be. I think with the amount of listeners maybe tweeting at you, you might have to expend effort to avoid it at all costs. Yeah, I'm with you. Listeners, don't don't spam William. Just a tweet a week is just fine. Just (laughs) just one tweet a week. Say at W Gallagher, uh, watch Ted Lasso for the children, please, please, and thank you
1: Uh, for the child. That was horrible.
0: <laughs> well uh, for uh t- listen, Ted Lasso brings joy to children everywhere. Anyway, listeners, you can tweet at William and myself because our Twitter handles are in the show notes. Follow us on Twitter there. Also, if you have not yet, you can support the show by giving us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. That's a big help. And you can also financially support the show either on patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly in Apple Podcasts, five dollars a month. You can get uninterrupted ad-free versions of the show. You can get early access, and we even have a private Discord. You can join. I'm um, in there with the other supporters, and we talk every once in a while about what's going on, what we're getting, so that's a lot of fun, too. And don't forget to check out HomeKit Insider. we got a big show coming up this Monday. You can do some pre-Apple event listening to HomeKit Insider. I think you'll enjoy it. But thanks for joining us again. We'll catch you next time.